Previously on the censor, nine years after Hikadaf was brought to the sanctuary of Tel Bathud, Gendel, the eldest and second most respected brother of the abbey, has suffered some strange and grievous affliction, and he now lies insensible. This event occurred as he was arguing with his friend Gomad, the winemaker, so we shall see how the sanctimonious brother cares for this frail old man. The Censor by Seth Brady Chapter 16 The Long Terminus of Brother Gendel Gomad went to fetch Brother Lysagom, who was the most senior amongst Gendel's subordinating limners, and the two conveyed the old man to his bed, where he remained asleep. He did not wake the following morning, so the Pabo ordered that there should always be at least one brother in his room at all times. The brothers that attended to him would report that while he would usually drink the water that was steadily trickled into his mouth, he could not be impelled to take bread. As the days passed, the old brother's breathing lost its rhythm and took on a rasping friction, so that the room would often be loud with a rapid clacking sound and a stench like soured wine. One day, on the second week of Gendel's long terminus, Kaibin was asked to sit with the old man, and so brought with him the nine-year-old Hikadoff. Lysagon led them in and sat them on the old frayed sitting rug which had assisted in the death blow to the old man, and which was also wide enough to accommodate two brothers if their shoulders are crushed together. Hikadoff was large for his age, yet was still fitted with the short and stout limbs for prepubescent children. His long, nearly grown torso and truncated limbs gave him the proportions of a bear standing on two feet, though his grace on these two feet would often belie this illusion. Lysagam had commented on this, suggesting that the boy might be given his homage, or adult limbs, but Kaibin demurred. He was aware of Hikadoff's subtle preeminence amongst the children of his age, and the idea of prematurely adding to the boy's stature evoked in him a vague dread and defensiveness. There aren't any other children than the Tell that are his age or younger, Brother Kaibin, explained Lysagom. Even Brother Tobek is nearly a man. I know this, I know. I still think it is premature. It is not meat. Perhaps so, Brother, said Lysagom. But part of the limner's scope lies in the proportion of bodily strength to limb strength, and though a child should usually not be overtaxed in such an early stage, it is important for one to learn and train with an ultimate limnactyl set as soon as their strength builds. Yes, then, very well, said Kaibin, who was too distracted by the morbid sight of Gendel to persist in his argument. So, asked Lysagam, Shall I make those limbs? I think so, O oh brother, if you insist. Kaibin was now intent on being silent as soon as it was polite. 
Do not insist, O oh brother, it is merely my recommendation. At this juncture, it might not even be my prerogative to make such a decision. At this, Lysagom looked towards the long-boned boy for a long moment, waiting for Hikadov to confirm his suspicions. When Hikadov said nothing, Lysagom asked, Do you think you are ready for adult limbs, brother Hikadov? The boy was not accustomed to grown men asking for his opinion on important matters, so he did not answer. He could only frown deeply and look pleadingly to Kaibin. No, no, said Kaibin. Not now, then. You shall make that decision at an appointed time. Yes, said Lysigam. Perhaps now is not the time. Silence, and silence unlike the Pabo's meaningful pauses. This pause was viscous with pain and sorrow, and was watched over by Gendel's unclosing eyes. Gendel had been presiding over the conversation in its entirety, but he made no indications to him understanding the words. The old man's chest rose and fell like a great paddle of a bellow near a smelting crucible, and there was too the sound like air being rushed through channels of cracking canvas. Brother Kaibin? asked Hikadov. Yes, young brother, answered Kaibin. Is Brother Gendel going to die? You should know, answered Kaibin, that everyone is going to die. I believe that the boy is asking whether our brother is close to his appointed time, in which he will leave this world, supplied Lysagam. Yes, O oh brother, that's what I meant. Thank you, said Hikadov. Kaibin did not proceed from here, though it was his time to answer. The look of abject misery that was on Hikadov's face moments ago was now on him. Yes, Brother Hikadov, answered Lysagam. Brother Gendel will most likely die within a few days. He has been injured very grievously by a blow to the head. This seemed to satisfy Hikadov's query, for he was nodding slowly. But then he said, How did he hit his head so hard? I have hit my own head many times and I have never been killed. Brother Gomad tells me that he probably had a sort of stroke which is a complete failure of your brain, and that he fell into the wall. This is usually not enough to kill a man, but again, Brother Gendel is advanced in years and he is more vulnerable to such injuries, said Lysagam. Oh, mused Tikhodov, I did not know that a knock on the head could kill you. It certainly can, said Kaibin. Do you remember Mr. Levin, the grocer? No, oh brother, Hikadov replied simply. You don't? Now, I'm surprised at you, brother Hikadov, Kaibin said with genuine shock. Leban died more than eight years ago, oh brother, explained Lysigam. Hikadov would have been an infant yet. Oh, I suppose he would have been at that, conceded Kaibin with his customary embarrassed humility. Well, Leban was the man who brought us food back then but he had an argument with a man in a wine hall outside of this district. It was about something trivial, I don't know, but the man had a wooden carpentry hammer with him, one of those that you use to knock pins into trestle tables or ceiling beams. Was that right? Yes, confirmed Lysigam. The man was a carpenter of the palace's staff, and he did not agree with Leban's loudly spoken opinions about a pillaging in a Taramkut settlement that year. 
Was that what the whole thing was about? asked Kaiban. It was all on the account of Taramkuts? Lysagam nodded, unwilling to make any further comment. Hikadaf, who had been withdrawn and shy until now, looked back and forth between the two Hosea, understanding all but the subtext. He knew who the Tramkits were from their varied opinions offered by the brothers, most of which viewed the people with an apathetic disgust. Some, including the Pabo, Lysagam, and Gendel, would caution the brothers against such sentiments, while a small minority, including the young planter, Brother Nafaea, would make their intense hatreds known as often as they could. The hatred frightened Hikadoff, more so than the death of Leban and the impending death of Gendel. Where shall Brother Gendel go when he dies? asked Hikadoff. You have read a few of the stories in the books of Seija and Guhedan, young brother, said Lysagam. Do you remember what those prophets of Yos say on the matter? Hikadoff searched his memory and answered, Seija had a dream where the souls of the righteous dead would be united with the celestial consort, and that they should share in the joy until the universe is destroyed, and then they would become part of the eternal furnace that was there before the cosmogony. Is that where Gendel will go? Yes, said Kaiban quickly. I think so, said Lysagam. Now, what did Guhadon say on the matter? Guhadon was told by the avatar of Hedel, the celestial of fire, that those dead souls who were indolent and led a dull life would go to Shilla, which is a dark, damp, dreary cave deep underground. He was then visited by Dinia, who told him that all of the actively wicked would go to her wasteland, where they would endure it. 10,000-year trial of agony in preparation for her campaign against God, in which she intends to overthrow his rule. An avatar of Yos himself appeared, and confirmed Dinia's words, then added that Dinia and all of her host of tortured souls would be destroyed forever, along with all of the earth. There, your question has been answered. Hikadoff had thought of something while reading the book of Guadon, and it had now returned to him. He asked, When all the wicked souls are destroyed, where do they go? They do not go anywhere, said Lysagam. They are destroyed utterly. When this was said, Hikadoff noticed the change in Kaiban. His eyes were widening and his hands were moving rapidly in an idle way. He could off suppose that he was afraid, and he knew this because he was afraid as well. Well, said he could off, do you remember when I broke that wine jar the other week? I do, said Lysagam. You still haven't completed your penance for that foolishness, as I recall. Yes, oh brother, said he could off. But you would say that I destroyed that jar, right? I suppose you could, at that. Well then, said the boy, when I destroyed that jar, or after I destroyed it, I mean, it went into the trash midden. Hikadoff did not know how to complete his analogy after this point, but Lysagam mercifully picked up the thread. Yes, it did, and no, there is no trash midden for broken souls. When that jar was broken, 
it became a pile of earthen shards, and it ceased to be a wine jar. A wine jar must needs be a container. A shard can hold nothing. Even the wine that spilled from the broken jar became something other than wine when it was soaked up by the mortar between the floor tiles. It could not be drunk, so it was not a beverage, and so it was not wine. Hikidoff was following this, but he was unwilling to arrive at the point that Lysagon was leading towards. Kaibin seemed eager to change the subject, but he was far too polite. Do you intend to lead a virtuous life, Brother Hikidoff? asked Lysagon. Yes, O oh brother, answered Hikidoff, but he did not know why this question was asked. That is good. I'm glad to hear that, said Lysagon. Yes, indeed, said Kaibin quickly, sensing a way out. We should all strive towards virtue and piety. Quite true, Brother Kaibin, said Lysagom, but I do not expect most of humanity to follow by your example. Regardless, I ask you of this because I want you to consider the book of Seija. When it was revealed to the prophet that all of the virtuous souls would follow Yos back to the eternal flames before the cosmogony, what do you think the nature of this return is? I think, said Hikidoff, that they will keep Yos company in the internal flames. Why should they? asked Lysagom. They weren't there before the cosmogony. Why should they exist in the flames at all? For that matter, why should Yos be in those flames either? What are you saying, Lysagom? asked Kaibin, aghast. Do not mistake in me, O oh brother answered Lysagom, who sat up with alertness and stared intently, back and forth, at the boy and the man. God, Yos, he will never be destroyed. He is everything. He is not only everything in that he is the end in which we shall direct our devotions, but he is everything and everyone. He is all the land, the animals, the plants, the people, every single so-called immortal soul. That he is there for us to call him Yos, or God, only indicates that we must acknowledge the will of the universe. As Lysagom's voice rose to a great pitch, a perturbed grunt was heard from the dying old man. Quiet, Lysagom, hushed Kaibin. What? asked a feeble, brittle voice. Kaibin rushed to Gendel's side, wrung out the cloth that had been placed on the old man's forehead soaked it afresh with cold water, and replaced it. I'm so sorry, said Gendel, who seemed to look up at a very distant ceiling. There, Brother Gendel, there, said Lysagon. God forgives all. You have devoted your life to him, and he is aware of the fact. I'm sorry, said Gendel, who turned his gaze to Hikadoff. The boy had never seen a more ghastly expression of fear and penitence in his life. There is no need to apologize to Hikadoff, O oh brother, nor anyone else, said Lysagom. All is forgiven. Hikadoff, said Gendel, son of William. Yes, O oh brother, said Kaibin, our young brother Hikadoff. He's here for you. We're all here for you. "'Bastard!' said Gendel, and began to sneer. "'Wretched, lying, thieving bastard! Bastard!' The men were shocked into silence by this change of tone, but Hikadoff was strangely unafraid. 
He cut off you, bastard. Son of William, son of Yos, come here, said Gendel, who slowly lifted his hand towards the boy. Kaiban was about to urge the boy forward, but Hikadoff was already raising his own hand. As their hands made contact, Gendel's face untwisted like a whirlpool whose underlying void was sufficiently filled. Gendel's arm slipped and then fell completely out of his shoulder socket. Yes, he said. Hello. The coverlet which was pulled over Gendel's shoulders slowly turned red as his yanodes were exposed. The old man's face took on a serenity that had never been seen by anyone who knew him, and froze forever. Hikadoff, asked Kaiban, what have you done? The censor was written and narrated by Seth Brady, with music by Noah Pardo. This is Seth Brady here, and, um, well, yes, uh, what seemed to have happened last week has happened just now. Gendel just died, unfortunately. And, um, well, how did it happen? Did, uh, did Hikadoff accidentally kill him by almost remove, accidentally removing his arm? Uh, and having the old man bleed to death, or did the man just succumb to his wounds? The wound on his head, his old age, the stroke that he probably had? Um, it's not known. What can be uh, seen, though, is that Gendel saw something in Hikadoff that we all knew about, but the uh, characters in this in this story are too close to. They're, they're too close to see it. He saw that Hikadoff was... Um, was something special. Um, I mean, this is something I've known forever. But um, also, I, I don't follow the religion of the show because, again, don't do that. Um, if you want to learn more about the show, please go to thecensor.com. T-H-E-C-N-S-E-R.com. Uh, you can listen to the show. You can read the lore. You can uh, find out more about me and more about Noah. Um you could also follow us on Twitter uh, at the at T Sensor. That's at T Sensor. Um, what else? Uh, you please please search uh, Noah Pardo SoundCloud on Google so that you can uh, find his SoundCloud. I should just give out the um, the the URL, but I think that would be a little too tiresome. I think it's easier for you to just search Noah Pardo. SoundCloud on Google, and then you uh, then you'll be able to listen to all his uh, lovely work. Um, I want to just make it known that uh, I will not have a proper episode next Monday uh, because of the holidays. I will uh, put out a an episode that's basically this, but um, extended throughout the breadth of the normal length of the episode. It'll, it'll just be me talking about the show. Um, so if if you want to skip that. Very much understandable. I'm gonna call it. I don't know. Just uh, um, let's uh, uh, let's talk about the censor. Something better than that. I'm not good at making things up at the fly, even though I prefer to do those. Um, no, I'm much better at preparing, and that's why uh, that's why I've started making this show.
Um, again, I want to remind everybody, please do not take the religion of this show seriously. Do not take really anything of that this show seriously. Don't, um, don't follow the backward, misogynistic, uh, racial beliefs of these people. They're, they're they're very primitive in a lot of regards. Even though they these are people who have a lot of time to think, um, they're still somewhat in the nascent period of their civilization, and they they. They need to work out these problems. Um, so please just, in, in regards to actual morals, you must make this judgment on your own. All I would ask you if I were really to ask you to do anything was just would just be to be kind to people. Be patient, understanding with people. Show sympathy. Show compassion. These, this is nothing... I, I hate that that is not a you know a, an original thought because it, people will often tune out that, but it's it's something that can't be overstated. Before anything else, just don't hurt anybody and just show patience and understanding to your fellow sentient being. That's what he could offer. Even though I, I'm telling you not to follow the words of he could offer anybody there, or the paybo that he could offer. They would all tell you the same thing, even though they're they uh, have in their mind simultaneously very much incorrect things. Those things are are would those things would be correct. If the paybo's telling you to be nice, listen to the paybo. If he's telling you anything else, probably shouldn't listen to him. Anyway, uh, again, no no show next week. Just me talking like in this manner. Anyway. Have a good week, my friends, and thank you very much.